gon' feel the heat. Yeah, they gon' feel the heat. They gon' feel the heat. Tell your whereabouts ain't they ready? Nah. Yeah, you gon' feel the heat. They ain't ready. Yeah. Let's get it. Biggest discussions, games of the week. All up for debate, you gon' feel the heat. Come listen in, come take a peek. Day and web gon' make you feel the heat. Who got the win? Who saw the feet? Take a seat, you gon' feel the heat. Let them speak, you gon' feel the heat. Mic check one two, you gon' feel the heat. Welcome to another episode of Feel the Heat. I'm your host, Day. Happy Tuesday. This is episode 27. Man, what a weekend for college football. I thought Oklahoma was done. They come back and make what could be the comeback of the year. Um, Minnesota got completely dominated by Iowa. That game wasn't as close as it appeared to be. We saw Tua go down with a season-ending injury. LSU still looks great. Jerry Burrow looks like he is a front-runner for the Heisman. And then last night, Monday Night Football, we saw the Chiefs versus the Chargers, which wasn't a pretty game for either side of the ball, neither the Chiefs nor the Chargers. But Phillip Rivers throws four picks, and on the game-winning drive, throws a pick right into the end zone. We got some good content for you guys, man. Webb is about to check in, and we're going to get straight into it. Listen up. Webb, what's up, baby? How you doing today? Not too much. Just trying to stay warm in this Michigan weather. How about you? I'm doing good, Detroit don't bring none of that Michigan weather to Vegas this week, so got some visitors coming in tomorrow, and um, I'm excited for them to come, but my weather looks like it's starting to change, and I don't want none of that cold stuff, and I ain't used to it no more. I hear you on that. All right, guys, you already know what it is. It's Feel the Heat, episode 27. Um, Dave Webb is here. You know, we back up our takes with the facts and the numbers. Everyone has an opinion, but not everyone backs up with the facts. And as Webb always says, the facts, the analytics, the numbers, they don't always tell the whole story. Feel free to hit us up. Send in your questions at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message or on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW, the website bymsports.com. And we'll get back to you with your questions. Um, Hope to feature some of you guys. Let's start off right here with NCAA Week 12 recap. Um, Georgia versus Auburn. I think Georgia won this game. It was a statement win by Georgia. I was very impressed uh, impressed with Jack from three touchdowns, no interceptions. But this game was not as close as what the score showed. Um, Auburn scored 14 straight points in the fourth quarter in short and shut out Georgia from scoring in the fourth 
could have gotten um, a W, but unfortunately for Auburn, they have moved to 7-3. They're now ranked number 16. Georgia's in at number four. What did you see in this game? What was the key, the keys for victory for Georgia in this W? Well, first thing, well, I knew DeAndre, this thing, he rushed for 106 yards. I mean, and, but it looked like, this is, this is a part of the story where I feel like the stats don't tell the whole story because DeAndre Swift looked like he was doing whatever he wanted to do when he got in space. Um, DJ Williams and Whitlow, they were a no-show. And I think Bo Nix is just, he's too inexperienced to be dropping back 50 times, especially against, as, against Georgia. I mean, his arm strength is impressive. And he was out there throwing darts. But the first 14 points for Georgia, they were just way too easy. Uh, Georgia simply was the better team. And like you said, uh, Auburn didn't even score until the fourth quarter when they had 14 consecutive points. But uh, Seth, Seth Williams had uh, that catch called back that would have put Auburn at the 22, I believe. You have 22 and in, comp- and in good position to tie the game. But once again, once again, Auburn closed, but no cigar. Yeah, was you surprised that the amount of yards that DeAndre Swift did rush for, he did not reach the end zone? I mean, none of the running backs for Georgia reached the end zone that game. Were you surprised at that? Yeah, considering, considering how explosive he was, like he would run he would get Georgia's offense all the way down the field and then Jake Fromm would throw a touchdown something like that well Georgia sits in good position to get a college football playoff berth as Webb stated in the very first episode of Feel the Heat I am very surprised at that I didn't see them coming in but they have moved on they're 9-1 they're number four we'll see what else they can do if they can reach the SEC championship and beat the opponent which looks like it's going to be LSU Let's move on to this game, Oklahoma versus Baylor. Now, I didn't catch it when it was first aired. I watched a little bit of the first quarter and I had a head out. So I watched the recap and by my surprise, Oklahoma rallied back from 25 down. My question to you is, was this the comeback of the year? Yeah, I think so because we're, I think other teams would have folded. I mean, I'm not going to start naming teams because whatever, but I think other teams would have folded and it was Jalen Hurts' fault that they were in such a big hole. But he still managed to throw four touchdowns and bring Oklahoma back. Um, Honestly, to me, it's Jalen Hurts' worst best game all season. I mean, two fumbles and a pick. All in the first half. I thought it was over when the score was 28-3. What'd you see out there? I mean, what what do you think? Like, do you think that was the comeback of the year? Because I do. I believe it was the comeback of the year, and it's the biggest win, in-season win for Oklahoma, I think, in their school history, coming back 25 down, a quarterback um, who looked a little bit uh, shaken under pressure, which we haven't really seen from Jalen Hurts. I think you have to credit his offensive line as well for not protecting him. But we've seen where he hasn't been protected and has been able to create with his legs. It just was unfortunate for him in the first half, the first quarter of this game. And then to see him come back, um, it looked like in this game his draft stock was plummeting. But 
as the game prolonged, it looked like it it was rising again. Um, so I still like Jalen Hurts as a first round draft pick. I think that Joe Burrow will go ahead of him, but at the end of the day, I think he'll be ahead of Tua and a couple of other guys uh, as well. I don't, I don't think he'll go uh, as early as you think. That that was a bad. The one interception he threw, that was a bad interception. The two fumbles he had, one was really bad, but the other one got knocked out of his hand. And Baylor was really giving Oklahoma a taste of their own medicine with the QB draw. Um, Charlie Brewer had two rushing touchdowns, and to make matters worse, Oklahoma didn't even have C.D. Lamb playing. Right, but everyone's entitled to a bad game, Webb. I think up until this point, Jalen Hurts has played phenomenal. He has played great football. He has been the reason his team has been in games and put up, you know, 40 points a game. Um, So I I still believe he'll be a first-round draft pick. There's a lot of teams out there who don't have a quarterback. Cincinnati, Miami, um, Chicago. There's room for him to get on – a team in the first round. I mean, he could go to to the Chargers. We're going to get into that later. Phillip Rivers, you know, he threw, he's thrown seven touchdowns in the last two games. So, there's a I think there's a lot of room for him to to be a quarterback in the league and to be an early first round pick. I think uh, I think to really see where Oklahoma, uh, to see how Oklahoma is going to match up in the college football playoffs if they make it. I got to see them play Baylor again in the Big 12 championship because if they're going to struggle like this against Baylor, what do you think is going to happen when they get in the college football playoffs and play start playing SEC teams? I don't even think that they're actually going to get into the, uh, the college football playoffs. I think they're going to get into a good bowl game, but their loss, uh, their one loss this year has caused them, you know, not to reach that. They're going to need a lot of things to work in their favor for them to reach the college football playoff. And uh, I believe, I, I don't know if they were one of your picks. I think they are one of my picks to get in there. But um, I think they fall short from that, from that goal this season. So, it's going to be LSU. Oh, it's going to be LSU, Georgia, um, Ohio State. Who's the four, Who would be the fourth one again? Clemson. Clemson. I don't think Clemson should be in. I really don't. But, hey, considering how they played all season, I don't think they should be in for for that aspect only. But they are. They did win the national championship last year, so I'm not going to complain. There's a lot of debate there. A lot of people say they should be the first team out, you know, last team in. They're the last team in right now, and uh... – they're like borderline. If they lose the ACC championship, they may not make the college football playoffs. So it's a lot of it's a lot of opportunity out there for the the teams that are in five, six, seven spots. So what about your player of the week? Who'd you select? My player of the week. I'm actually going with Jalen Hurts. Fumbles and an interception. He still went 30 for 42 through four touchdowns and led a 25-point comeback against the undefeated Baylor Bears. All right, I got Ronnie Bell, University of Michigan, uh, wide receiver, nine receptions, 150 yards, big win over Michigan State, and he has led the team in receptions in five games this year. 
by the way, before we move on um, to the next question, I think that Michigan is now finding their identity. They've beaten, um, you know, Penn State, or they lost to Penn State, but they beat Notre Dame. And their last couple of games that they have played, they've played really well. Um, their big test, obviously, is going to be against Ohio State. So I'm really impressed at what Michigan is doing right now. I can't wait to watch Michigan get murdered by Ohio State simply because they just I'm so tired of the I'm so tired of the Michigan hype. I really am. I'm so over it. Michigan's <laughs> trash, I will admit it. But we we have said what we we said we are what our record shows and what we put on the field. And I'm not seeing that for Michigan. I mean they have a what they only lost one two games, right? One, two games. Who? Michigan won two games in what the Big Ten or what in general? No, Michigan. No, Michigan is ranked like top ten. They have won more than two games. Are you tripping right no, now? No, I said lost. Oh, lost. My bad. Oh, yeah. Michigan has lost two games. They're eight and two. And I think that's the biggest smoke and mirrors ever because when it comes to them playing anybody really elite. They have no chance. They have no chance. But they played really well against Penn State, who was like number five at the time. Okay. Well, let me. Not- well, let me ask you this: How many Big Ten championships does Harbaugh have? He doesn't have any. How many? How many top ten wins? Do, uh, how many wins against top ten opponents does Harbaugh have? This year? In general, in the Harbaugh era. You know what? I'm not sure, but I know he got one this year over number. Um, um, they weren't even. No, they were number nine. Yeah, he got one. No, they lost to Penn State. You're right. No, they doesn't have any this year either. That's what I'm saying. So, I'm ty- I'm so tired of people saying Michigan is so elite when they're really not. Uh, they're an elite school, but I think that's something we could debate next uh, ep- next episode. Let's see. Um, who's your front runner? For the Heisman Trophy, that would be Joe Burrow, for sure. Thirty-six hundred passing mm-hmm. yards, thirty-eight touchdowns, and six interceptions. A ninety-three percent QBR, which puts him third in the nation. Joe Burrow all day. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's that's my pick too. I mean. I- I think somebody had put Jonathan Taylor up there, which he's having a phenomenal season too. But Joe, Joe Burrow, nobody saw this coming from Joe. Jonathan Taylor, his was a little bit predictable um, that he would have a season like this, but he's playing um, nearly perfect ball. So, yeah, he is my front runner for Heisman Trophy as well. Let's move forward to the NFL. Um, Lamar Jackson, he's making headlines as the league's front runner for MVP. Do you agree or disagree? I agree completely. I mean, although initially, I think initially I said somebody different. Oh, no, that might have been college. Yeah. In the NF, yeah. Lamar is definitely the front runner. I don't dis- I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I agree, too. He's playing well. He's, he's beating um, Deshaun. He's beating um, the Patriots. Tom Brady. Yeah, he's beating the Patriots. He's He's playing really good, man. Let's just put it that way. He's um, breaking a record for rushing yards for by QB, and his team looks good. And people say, well, it's his defense that's really 
bailing him out. Of course, well, he's still his offense is still putting up forty points a game. He's putting you can't up. Take care of him. He's putting up Michael Vick numbers. Matter of fact, he's doing better than Michael Vick. Exactly. So yes, um, I definitely agree with that. But I wouldn't be disappointed with either him or Russell Wilson winning the MVP. They're both having phenomenal seasons. The AFC um, playoff, NFC playoff picture update is here, guys. Listen, with six weeks remaining in the regular season, the AFC might already be coming down to two-team race between the Patriots and the Ravens, which you guys know my my team is the Patriots, but I don't believe the Patriots can can beat the Ravens this year. And um, here's the top six teams in the AFC. We've got the Patriots, the Ravens, the Colts, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Texans. And the last four in would be the Raiders, the Steelers, the Titans, and the Browns. Out of these four, Webb, who do you think has a chance to secure a wild card spot? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Raiders. They've been playing. They've been playing good lately, and the the back end of their schedule. I think the hardest opponent that they'll have to deal with is maybe Jacksonville or Tennessee. That's really it. I, they played. The rest of their schedule is easy. I would pick the the Raiders as well. And if the Texans continue to play as terrible as they have been playing the last few weeks, we could see somebody like if the Steelers make some type of run, we could see the Steelers slide up in there too as well. See, the thing about the Steelers is I like the Steelers have a very promising defense. I, I like I like the future. I like the direction that the Steelers' defense is going in, grabbing Minka Fitzpatrick, um, dude from Michigan. I, I can't think of his name at the very at the very moment. Uh, Devin. Devin Bush and then T.J. Watt. Uh, they still got to step onto it. So I like their I like their defense. They have a promising future, but their offense is just oh my gosh, they got to do something at quarterback. And they're pretty banged up. And it's funny that you bring up Minka Fitzpatrick because he is in the top five um, for votes right now. Non-quarterback MVP. Non-quarterback MVP. He's in the top five with uh, Stephon Gilmore, TJ Watt. Um, there's a couple other guys I can't remember off the top of my head after I was reading it yesterday. But when I seen his name, I was surprised. But he's, he's been balling out for uh, the Steelers. Actually, he's been a great asset to their team. Yeah, he's got a couple pick sixes. He's got a couple uh, fumble recoveries. I believe he had a he had a forced fumble. So he's been he's been making his name known on the Steelers defense. And he's only going to get better. He's a two year player. This is his second year. So um, in the NFC, here's the top six teams: the 49ers, Green Bay, Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks, and the Vikings. The Rams, Eagles, Panthers, and Bears are the bottom four teams. Who has the best chance at making a wild card spot in the NFC out of the bottom four? Probably the Rams, considering that the – I mean, honestly, I want to say the Panthers, but Kyle Allen, didn't he just throw four interceptions? He really did. Yeah. So I'm going to say the Rams, considering they have the talent, they just have to execute. Uh, the Eagles, I'm, I have no faith in the Eagles just because of their wide receivers. Like they're, I don't know what's going on over in Philadelphia, but yeah, I, I'm gonna take the Rams for that one. 
I think the Rams too, and it's funny that you bring up their execution because um, yesterday's game against the Bears, it just looked like that McVay had saved Todd Gurley for the second half of the season, and he showed signs of what we seen him do last year. And maybe he just, you know, needed to take it easy to fully rehab and get, you know, strengthen his knees and his legs to be dominant and make a good playoff push. It just hopefully is not too late for them. Um, for the Rams. They they are going to play, I believe, the Seahawks again. I think they're going to play the 49ers again as well. I think they can I think they'll beat the Seahawks. And I think they, I really believe they can beat the 49ers. It just comes down to execution. They have the talent. Sean McVay has, he has the mind. He knows what he's doing. It just comes down to execution. Yeah, and did they have um, Jalen Ramsey when they played the 49ers first game? What week was that? If you like, do you, do you know? Do you remember? You know, off the top of my head, I, I don't remember. But I don't think they had Jalen Ramsey, and I think that will make a difference for the Rams on defense. Um, I don't think and so. I don't think they could beat the the 49ers too. We've seen the Cardinals tested the 49ers until the last minute. I mean, honestly. The biggest weak spot in the in the 49ers in general is Jimmy Garoppolo. He just is. As good as he's playing, you think that's their biggest, their weakest spot? Yeah, I really believe that. Uh, he'll play good one week, and then other weeks he'll play suspect. He's been he's been playing good lately. Kirk Cousins, he's just like Kirk Cousins to me. He'll play good for a couple weeks, and then he'll show you something different. That's just my personal opinion. So, well, as far as Kirk Cousins go, I was watching part of the, the interruption um, yesterday, and they were saying that Kirk Cousins is a silent MVP right now. He has he has really good numbers, and I'm like, yeah, but you know what? His play is so up and down that you can't put him in that conversation. He's even as a silent MVP. Like, stop it. Kirk Cousins is a, is a numbers guy. You know, he's, he plays very conservative, safe football. And I think that's the biggest knock on him. True. All right. So here it is. Up now we have the fluke or real section segment of the show. The Colts, they have Jacoby back. Are they a fluke or are they real? I think they're a fluke. They just lost Marlon Mack for pretty much the rest of the season with that broken hand. Um, T.Y. Hilton's been hurt lately. He's not a hundred percent. I know he's not a hundred percent. I'm the Colts are a fluke. I'm actually buying into the Colts game and their culture. They have played really well. Uh, the two games that Jacoby was out, they they lost, and they could be a team that's sitting at about nine and one right now. But unfortunately, they're not. I think they're a real team. I think uh, Marlon Mack losing Marlon Mack will hurt the team going forward. And and while we're talking about players, before we go on to the next team, um, we're talking about players that are not playing right now or have been cut. Let's bring up Mark Walton, Miami Dolphins run, running back, who has been cut by the Dolphins after beating up a pregnant woman, allegedly. hitting a pregnant woman, allegedly hitting a pregnant woman. Um, I don't think that there is any time or place for that in the world period and um, unfortunately if those allegations are true he will never play football again I agree he, he, 
And if the allegations are true, he should never play in the NFL again because you playing in the NFL represents their brand and they don't want people like that representing their brand. And I get and I get it. And I understand that too. And while we're talking about brand, um, Webb, how do you feel about the whole Colin Kaepernick workout Saturday? Like, I know it was scheduled to be at an uh, Atlanta Falcons facility. It got moved to a high school. Um, I'm not sure if you even watched the, the short interview with Colin Kaepernick after that. But how do you feel about that whole situation? Yeah, I watched the interview. Um, see, I'm kind of neutral with it. I mean, on one hand, in my mind, I'm like, come on, dude, you made a, you made all of this an issue and you want you you're asking them for a job. They're giving you an opportunity. Just take what they give you. And on the other side, I'm like, OK, I want he wanted every he wanted everything to be transparent so everybody could see everything for what it was. And that just that just makes me neutral about the whole situation because I understand everybody's point I don't really have an objection toward it but if it was if moving the uh, practice from the Falcons facility to a high school which some people are even saying it was a publicity stunt and if that's the case then I don't think he should even have I don't think he should have a job I mean on one hand you're saying one thing and on the other hand you're, you're saying something else Right. And I think that a lot of people think it was a publicity stunt, but a lot of people already believe that Colin Kaepernick will never play football in the NFL again. I happen to be one of those people, too. I understand, like you said, he wanted to be transparent and he wanted the media to be there in case it was any backlash. And then they talk about there was a a legal thing that was going on that the NFL wanted him to sign um, to make sure that he doesn't sue them again for collusion. Yeah, Max Kellerman said on first take that uh, the non-standard waiver that uh, the NFL tried to get Colin Kaepernick to sign, he said that uh, he thought the entire workout was just for them to get him to sign that non-standard waiver so he can't sue them to exactly. waive all his rights. Exactly, and I think that that has something to do with it too. At the end of the day, all of us are outsiders. We don't know. We just know what the media is saying. Even the experts who sit on ESPN and Fox Sports and all those guys, they're just outside guys looking in. They don't know what was said to Colin. They don't know what Colin said to the to the owners. All we all we have to see here is that Colin probably is never going to play um, professional football again, at least not in the NFL. And he's going to continue to fight for what he believes is right. And that's injustice against um, the, the the lesser people in this world, um, black people, uh, poor people, you know, LBGTQ community. He's going to stand for those um, injustices. And maybe that's what his focus should be. I mean, he's already made enough money where he doesn't need, need the NFL to make more money. All right, let's get back to Fluka Real real quick, guys. Um, the Texans, I believe they're a fluke team. I think that they could even miss the playoffs. What do you think? I think I agree with you. I have no, I don't have a disagreement with that. Simply because Will Fuller's hurt, and 
things just aren't going right for the Texans. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Can you shed, shed some light on the situation for me? Because I felt like they were going to do better this year. And I and their offensive line being so bad, it's performed a little better to me than I thought. But they're just not winning games. And to be completely honest, I'm not totally... I don't watch the I don't watch the uh, Texans all that much, but I thought they would be better than this. What do you think? Yeah, I just I'm not impressed with um, their O line. DeAndre Hopkins, he's had a very silent year. I mean, he usually makes a little bit more noise. Not to say he's having a bad year, because he's not. But he usually makes a little bit more noise. I know that he's getting a lot of the attention because they don't really have another go-to target for him that uh, is capable of those big plays consistently. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they're just not that good of a defensive team. And um, they they need a lot of work. They're pl- they're playing, they're not playing to their potential when it comes down to it. I think their additions of their running back with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde, it's just not enough. They need a different piece back there. They need better protection. Those guys are good athletes, but um, you know, the Texans, they just don't have it. They're not a real team. Move forward. Let me ask you this question real quick. Did you see the um, the, the no call for pass interference uh, that Hopcat was talking about on Marlon, on Marlon Humphreys? Yes, I did. I totally agree with him. Where is that call at? He deserves that call. Yeah, I just wanted to grab your take on that because I seen it. And honestly, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure because his uh, Marlon Humphrey's hands didn't really stop him from catching the ball. Um, he put his hands on him, you know. He gave him a little nudge if you go back and watch it. And you see in the rule book, when the ball is in the air you and you're a defender, you have to go make a play on the ball. He did not turn around and make a play on the ball. So it, I think that DeAndre Hopkins, is uh, he's correct on that. Okay. Who do you have yeah. player, player of the week, Web? My player of the week is 222 yards passing, four touchdowns, and no turnovers. No turnovers. And My player over. of the week as well. <laughs> He's just playing really good, man. Let's move forward real quick and wrap this up. We got a few minutes here. The NBA, um, the return of Melo is still pending. Will we see him tonight? Maybe, maybe not. If we do, no, he got um, he's playing on Tuesday. Uh, the Trailblazers activated him. He will be playing on Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Oh, okay. See, my days <laughs> run together, so yeah, he'll be playing today. Okay, so yeah, we'll see him probably in a very limited role um, tonight, as he has not really practiced or had a shoot around with the team um, yet. That's what the reports are. Let's review the NBA power rankings one through ten. Are there any changes in the in the power rankings that have surprised you so far this season? I think the Lakers are doing way better than I thought they were going to do, honestly. Oh yeah, Laker gang or die, you know. I mean, in the be- in the very beginning, uh, they kind of just got LeBron, AD, and Kuzma, and then they just kind of just spackled together a team with what they could get in free agency. I didn't I wasn't sure how it was gonna work, but they're really good. Yeah, and the team I'm surprised with is the 76ers. Um in the power ranking, they're not even in the top ten. They're in um the eleventh spot. They're 
one of the better teams in the East, I believe. Um, but they had two losses to the Magic and, and the Thunder and a near loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, despite the return of Ben Simmons. And then you take into consideration Tobias Harris, horrific three-point slump. He's been like 4 of 25 over the last four games. And really, their only consistent piece has been Joel Embiid, and he missed a couple games during the last two weeks due to that suspension. So, yeah, I'm really surprised that Philly is not doing as well as I thought they were doing this early in the season. I think the NBA playoffs just need reform because, honestly, this year the East is a joke. It really is. So far, this sums up to be, yeah. I mean, as good – like, the best teams in the East, I think – struggle against the worst teams in the West and that's just that's bad like you just said um, they just lost to the Magic and the Magic really aren't that good they're just not yeah they made the play- they made the playoffs last year I think they won one game they did win one game D- DJ Augustine was going off but as a whole I don't really think the Magic are that good they're a young team that have potential but just not not yet you're right. Um, I don't know what's going on with Philly. They got to figure that out. Okay, picks of the week until Friday. We got the Rockets versus the Nuggets. Who you got? I'm going to take the Rockets. Uh, James Harden. Didn't he just score like like 50 the other night? Man, he's been on a scoring run. He's been torching teams pretty much all season. But the last three, four games, he's been nothing short of great. Nothing short of great. I'm going to go with the Rockets, too. All right. Um, The Clippers versus the Celtics. Before you give your pick, I owe an apology to Martell. Paul George, in his um, game debut, season debut, on Saturday, balling 37 points in 18 minutes. And that's without Kawhi. So just imagine how good he's going to be when Kawhi is back on the floor. So I'm going to go with the Clippers in this game, which the Celtics just... They lost the game um, the other day, and they snapped their 10-game win streak. They're, like, one of the hottest teams in the NBA, too. But I'm going to go with the Clippers. See, the thing is about the Celtics, why, I don't know why Kemba gave the game-winning shot-up to Marcus Smart. Uh, he could have gave it to Tatum. He could have took it himself. But... Anyway, I'm off topic. Repeat the question one more time. The Clippers or the Celtics? I'm taking the Clippers. Play, uh, Paul George is going off. And honestly, it looks like even with Kawhi sitting down, the, the Clippers are just too good with Paul George. Fair take. Um, Blazers versus the Bucks. Blazers versus the Bucks. I'm going to take the Blazers. I'm going to take the Blazers just for fun. The Bucks. They don't have nobody that can really stop Giannis. Um, but Giannis has to do well for the Bucks to win. That's the thing. Like, if Giannis doesn't have a good game, the Bucks' chances of winning go down drastically. You're right. You're right. I'm gonna go with the. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bucks, and we'll see who wins that game, and we'll revisit this conversation on Friday. Um, you got anything else, Webb? No, I'm good. Uh, how about you? All right. So, yeah, I'm good, too, man. You guys, make sure you send in those questions, those topics. You already know how to do it. Anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message or on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW. 
the website, bymsports.com. You already know I'm Day. Web is here. You just felt the heat. You got blazed. Yeah. With this on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>